a useful tool to go into the audition with is to say to yourself, I have nothing to prove to anyone, least of all myself. I have nothing to prove to anyone, least of all myself. That kind of sets you free because there's so much of what gets in the way is the thinking that's tied up with what other people think about me. Hello and welcome back to the Spiritual Psychology of Acting podcast. Thank you to everyone who listened to last week's episode on meditation. We hope you were able to put into practice some of the things we talked about and that it's had a positive impact on your day-to-day life. We really do value your continued support, so if you enjoy this podcast, please share it with your network of family and friends. It's really appreciated. Now, nailing auditions as an actor is arguably the most important skill you can master for your career. If you've ever struggled in an audition, had a bad experience, or ever felt like auditions just never go your way, then you've come to the right place. In this episode, we talk about how best to prepare for auditions, having the right mindset, and how to deal with the inevitable moments of rejection that every actor faces. But to get the conversation started, I shared an audition experience of my own that taught me a very valuable lesson that still helps me to this day. I once had an audition come through quite early on in my acting career and I had just signed with a new agent and it was for the audition was for a commercial. I remember the audition coming through and getting very excited and opening the email and seeing the character breakdown. It said something like, macho, strong-jawed, masculine, and my heart just sank because I felt like there's probably going to be hundreds of other guys out there who are better suited to this role. And I felt like I had you know, zero to little chance of, of getting it, even to the point where I felt like, should I even bother turning up to this audition? But it was quite early on in my relationship with the agent, and I didn't want to piss them off. So I also felt like, well, I'll get some audition experience under my belt. I'll you know make the most of this. And funnily enough, I think it was that lack of attachment that actually helped me to do a good job in the audition. Because I then got a recall, and I then got penciled in, and I eventually got the job. And it's mad to think that I very nearly let my negative thinking and fear and self-doubt derail me from a job that I was not only completely suitable for, but also in the end right for. And I'm sure a lot of other actors can relate to that sense of self-sabotage and how very often actors can be their own worst enemy in additions. Well, but it's interesting that you say that, you know, that you went into it not expecting to get the job. And then you got the job. And I wonder how much of that was because you weren't attached to the outcome. There was more freedom in the audition. So I think that's, exactly. you know, you know that, that's what creates the fear. I mean, there's two things that create the fear. One, one is that the actor doesn't really know what they're doing. Um, I had recently someone who uh, signed up for the whole course. And she was an actress who's, who's been working professionally for years and has been to drama school. And then suddenly realized, I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm getting these self tapes and I'm just thinking about how I'm going to say the lines or how I'm going to look there. And she said that, you know, then she'd see the work back and it would look pretty hollow. Um, I've had it with, with as well with um, quite a famous regular on Coronation Street who trained with me. And uh, she said the same thing that that she'd realized, even though she was successful and she, you know, she was winning awards doing it, she was looking at her work and she just said, John, I'm just mugging it. You know, I'm just, when I'm reading the script, I'm just thinking about, you know, what we call passive imagination, where she's thinking what she looks like and how she's going to sound. And of course, an element of all of that's going to come in because you are designing a performance. But I think, you know, that the first fear is, is comes from not knowing what you're doing. And the second fear is the attachment to the outcome. So the more you attach, you're, you're attached to it, the more that you have to lose. So that's where the nerves come from. Yeah. And it's interesting in your example that, you know, you, you basically wrote it off. The first thing you did was write it off and then went along just to just, just to do the job. And you ended up getting the part. Well, I, I accidentally stumbled on probably the, the best way of approaching addition, which is completely letting go of the attachment of it to the result, 
which is completely out with the actor's control anyway, regardless of how good an actor they are. And also going there for the sense of, I'm going to get something out of it. Let's play. Let's have fun, right? Well, exactly. And, you know, and it's, and it's no mean feat to be able to do that. Mm. Do you see what I mean? To be able to, to um, enter into it without attachment, because, of course, the stakes are high if you get the job. You know, it could be a big paycheck. It could really accelerate your career by many, many years if you were to get the job. Um, and uh, so I, I often suggest that actors, as soon as the job comes in, the first thing to do to, to avoid all of that is to renounce it, is to say, OK, um, let's imagine that actually you found out that the job is going to go to the producer's girlfriend anyway. He, he's They've already cast her. And but they have to do these auditions, you know, to to um, make a show of it to the investors that they look to different actors from the part. And to first of all, just renounce it. And then what are you left with? You're left with an acting exercise. So then it's like, OK, let us play. Let's now there's nothing to be attached to. There's no outcome. Then you can do it for the pure purpose of it, because good acting happens when you're doing it for the enjoyment of it. You know, mm -hmm. rather than you, you're attached to it, you've got something to prove, you've got something to get out of it, because which only just creates tension from that. And it's really being able to trick yourself. And it's not easy, you know, by by having a method of saying, um, OK, I haven't got this, so let's just go for it anyway. And then I'm just doing it purely for the joy of it. Mm -hmm. uh, that seems to be uh, a good way to start. And um, also just learning how to do your craft properly. You know, a, yeah. a lot of actors, you know, in this country, and I've taught a lot in, in America and it's different there, but in this country, they go and do their three years of drama school and that's it. They've got their training and then they're out in the world and it's like, come on, give me a job. Whereas, <laughs> you know, the, in the, the Americans, you teach them, they, they've got a, a, an ethic that you keep training throughout your life. You keep going to classes, you keep learning your craft. Well, if you look at the playbill of any like Broadway show, you always see the actors and it's saying who they're currently training with, what they're currently doing right now, rather than in you know a lot of time in in Britain it can be this actor trained at this drama school and this is their work. Yeah, uh, so is that keeping that keeping learning, keeping mm -hmm. keeping the knowledge growing and keeping practicing? You know, the the, the parts of, for an actor, you know, like the imagination, the attention, these are all like muscles that they need to be practiced regularly. Like if you're a dancer, you'd be practicing the, the plies and whatever in, in the dance studio each day. I mean, Stanislavski said this. He said that the, the, you know, the dancers do do that. They go and they practice all day and then they go on stage and they're inspired in the evening. He said singers practice scales during the day and then they go um, on stage in the evening and they're all warmed up and they're, they're already in the zone to do it. So actors sit around in coffee shops complaining about the lack of work and then uh, or complaining about their agents. Uh, and then they expect to have the gift of the wings of Apollo when they go on stage at night. Yeah. So it's, it's keeping that practice. But, but often I think that, you know, I've taught students from all the drama schools and each drama school is different each year, depending on what tutors that they've got at that drama school. Um, but very often I've been told that we didn't really learn acting. We learned a lot of sort of fuzzy things around acting and we did improvisation and we worked on play scripts, etc. But there was no we were never taught like a proper systematic methodology of how to do the job properly, you know, to establish what the rules of acting are. Um, so you don't have to keep inventing the wheel every time you do it. You know, you've got a set of principles that you can put into practice each time, a way of working. So if you want to avoid the, the, the nerves, it's about learning how to do the job properly. And it's interesting to note that, you know, I, I, I've trained many different actors and both here and, and in America and in Germany, et cetera, and, and actors from all around the world. And there's one secret neurosis that, every actor seems to have and that, that's the fear that they might actually be a shit actor <laughs> and that they might get exposed and found out being a shit actor and they have to deal with that 
you know, you can ask someone who's a real professional who's earning a lot of money who comes to to to, to work in the class to to tighten up their craft, and you get them up to do a very simple exercise, and they're nervous, and you start inquiring, well, what what are you nervous about? And they, you know, because I want to prove that I'm I'm a really good actor, I want to be seen to be a good actor for whatever you know for whatever reason, and I said, well, what what's behind that? And very often it's the fear that they're not really a good actor. So by training properly and, and learning a proper approach, you, you can go into the work with confidence uh, mm. in yourself. And, you know, like your casting breakdown said that they want someone macho. Well, well, macho, you know, that's just really certain thinking, isn't it? Yeah. And it's your job as an actor. You should be able to play any part. If you go to, I don't know, if you, if you go and learn how to be an architect, you learn how to design buildings and you learn the principles of architecture. You learn about aesthetics. You learn about construction and engineering uh, and principles of design. And then once you leave your training, you can design any building. Mm. Uh, if someone asks you, you know, can you design an opera house for me? then you would use the principles that you've got to do it. But for an actor, they'll they'll um, be asked, you know, can you design an opera house? And they'll go, well, you know, I can only do terraced houses because that's all I did at drama school. I just kind of got typecast at drama school and that's all I did. But a real actor should be able to create any part. If you know the, pro the thinking processes to engage in in order to get the results, not yeah. to act the results, you know, that's a big problem in acting is the actors act the result. You know, if you if you act the results, you generally get a cliche. But mm -hmm. if you act a process, you get a result. So yeah. that's a that's a big part of it. And then the other thing is the the attachment to the outcome. And, you know, really to, to, to do this properly, you'd have to be a Zen master, you know, completely <laughs> re renouncing it which is is uh is pretty unlikely um but you just have to do the best you can and having tricks like renouncing it before you start really help to diminish the nerves yeah i find that, that i'm definitely getting better at being able to do the addition you know give them what i've got and then just let it go because it's now no longer up to me right it's i can't influence or affect the decision process in any way so why waste time and energy worrying about what's going to happen next because you know and I've experienced this definitely in conditions that that then creates a complex of rejection that you start to think I'm not good enough they didn't like me and it'll start to affect every other edition going forward right that it has you have you start coloring each edition as a failure as a, as a rejection of you personally and you start kind of going down this very slippery slope I guess at, you know very quickly yeah, well, it's to get over that idea of success or failure, really, mm. because you know that that's a you you know all you ever do is is you 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 have a purpose, you carry out actions to achieve it, you get a result. Um, whether you want to call that success or failure really is up to you. That's a value judgment. Uh, it's what you do with the information, isn't it? It's that mm. really, and that's why it's important to have a purpose that you want to be your best, not the best. Because if you're thinking about being the best, then your mind's on everybody else who's doing it. Like your mind was straight away on every other rugged macho actor that there must be in Scotland that could play this part. Yeah. Uh, rather than just keeping your, your, your eye on the ball. It's, it's comparison, isn't it? That you, you can't ever really compare yourself to any other actor because every single actor is on a completely different journey, completely different process. And again, like you say, if you're going to try and force yourself into the mould of another actor, you're going to constantly act results because it's not you. It's not your, your process. Yeah, well, then that's what you have to understand. You're unique. And you're, when you go to an audition or put in a self-tape, really to, 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 to think about what's the real psychology of it, you're offering a service. You're saying, okay, you've got this part to the casting director. You need to fill this part. Here's what I can bring to the table. And you offer that uh, rather than the psychology. You know, some actors think that uh, casting directors are these all-powerful 
rejecting people that really they're a bunch of bastards who want you to fail and um but not at all the casting director you know you know if you, you think about it from their point of view the director asks them you know we, we we've got this part and the casting director is as good as the suggestions they can make for that part mm, and that's why it's important that the casting director knows you so you shouldn't be have any shame about putting yourself forward to a casting director and offering sending them your stuff because they're as good as the actors they know and really they want a situation where they've presented these actors that they've they've found for the part and the director's stuck and just doesn't know which one to cast because they're all so good. They, the, the casting director's made so many good suggestions. So that, you know, when you go into the room where you send in the self-tape and having been on the other side of the table, you know, as a director casting plays and films, you just want the, someone to come in and do a good job. Yeah. You know, I remember um, casting one play and we looked at, for, and it was something that we took to the Edinburgh Fringe and um, I think we had something like 300 applicants for this one part. We auditioned 40. And out of those 40, four could actually act, you know, that weren't coming in just full of nerves or acting a result or, you know, they actually were really good actors. And two of them were right for the part. Um, and it was good to see on the other side of the table is is how few of them really knew how to do their job properly. Mm. I mean, it was like it was a fringe show. So it was a lot of actors that were starting out, admittedly. Uh, we were taking it, up, taking it up to the Edinburgh Fringe. But um, you're often the whole thing of comparing yourself. You know, you're always if you've ever been in that situation when you've gone into a, an audition and there's loads of people sitting around looking at the sides. And you're just thinking, well, he, well, he's going to get the part, or he's going to get the part, or I'm that they're all the same. All these people, this must be what they're looking for. But very often, I mean, I've had the experience as an actor as well, where I've had exactly that thought. Then I've ended up getting the part, yeah, and realizing it's like, no, I was the right person for the part. They were all wrong for the part. Yeah, I've had that as well. Actually, there's, I remember one particular job that I auditioned for, and I on the job I asked. The, the people there on the job why they'd why they'd picked me and they said you were one of the only ones who'd come prepared not even like just done the job well but actually had come with a character there was a song involved as well that you know, they had to they had to learn and it's just amazing as well how many actors don't even set themselves up to get to a position where they can do a good job they don't prepare enough I was going to say that that's the working surface is is you know for, to be an actor is really the art of auditioning because that's the junction point between not having a job and having a job is auditioning well. Yeah. So the focus is on doing a good audition. So how do you do a good audition? You have to just, well, you have to act, play the match, not the tournament. Mm -hmm. um, you know, to, so I remember hearing one of the Neville brothers sort of back in the, whenever they were young England players, I remember seeing them on yeah. TV. Uh, I can't remember Phil Neville or Gary Neville, one of the two. And the, the interview was before a, a Euro quarterfinal or something, something like this. Uh, they were playing for England and it was like, right, so uh, big game today against the Germans. So uh, how do you, how do you deal with it? How do you deal with the nerves? And he, ju he just looked at me and went, oh, I, I just go and play football. <laughs> um, and so he, he was he was you know his objective you know if he was a if, if he's an attacker it's to see that white ball of leather go between those two posts that's his yeah. purpose if he's a defender it's to defend the other person from stopping the, the ball going between those two posts and, and to run yeah. the, the the other football player down and that's that's playing the match not the tournament so you can have in mind, you know, what, what how much money I'm going to get out of this, or what my parent, my parents are going to be so proud when I get this, or you know, whatever the other uh, agenda is for doing it. But at the end of the day, it's if you make it your objective is to just do a good audition, and how you because that's what's going to get you the part at the end of the day. And how are you going to do a good audition? You 
enter into it, you have to be in a state of inspiration. In fact, you know, it's an actor's professional responsibility to be in a state of inspiration every time you do it. And inspiration really is the opposite of fear or boredom. And it's that it's that we were talking in a previous episode. It's like that, that being in the zone. And how do you do it? You have to, before you actually go to sit down and do the self-tape or turn up to the audition, you say to yourself, so today, when I do the audition, I'm going to relax, come into the present and enjoy it. And if you can do that, it just simply relax, come into the present. And present means, you know, actually be there engaged in what's in front of you, be alive, be present to it because that's how you're going to have presence and enjoy it and if if you enjoy it everything starts to flow but there's a there's a million and one reasons not to go on stage you know you don't go on stage to impress the audience you don't go on stage to be liked by the audience mm. you don't go on stage to be the best actor you don't go on stage to take revenge on your family who told you you'd never come to anything uh, you, you you go on stage for one good reason only, and that is to enjoy it. So you, when you go do the audition, is the more you can just see it as this is an acting. I like acting. I've been given this interesting acting exercise. I've got to bring this to life, and yeah. then deliver it. And then the difficult part then is then just surrendering it and letting it go and just getting on with your life. You know. Yeah, well, I, I read about an actor who. For whenever he gets a self tape, he gets his partner to record the the audition. But what he does is he leaves the house, goes on for like a ten fifteen minute walk, comes back, and then enters the house as if he's entering a proper like audition space. And he gives himself a few takes to do it, and then leaves as if it's a an in person audition. And that process might not be for everybody, but I guess the thing to take away from it is that he's focusing his mind and he's not letting other fears and doubts creep in. And for him, that the adrenaline of going to an actual audition is him getting into the zone, being present and getting rid of all the other kind of intrusive thoughts. You know, some people really come alive and, and thrive in that kind of pressurised environment and some people crumble, but I think the best thing you can do is get out of your own way. You know, remove any impediments to great acting that you're putting up yourself. It seems to be the greatest impediment for actors often is their own unfinished thinking, right? Is their own intrusive thoughts, which stops them from getting into that sense of play and enjoyment well and often if you if you if you took and you were saying earlier on about that you start to create a complex of failure that you start to you know you, you you're not getting the job and so you start what does that really mean it means that you're going to the audition with what we would call you know in in terms of the course the purpose to fail or the mm. purpose to be rejected i always think that, that if you were to um pause an actor sitting on the bus on the way to an audition and actually then say right let's look inside your head and see what are you thinking about is he thinking about uh enjoying the audition and looking forward to playing the part or is he thinking about what if they don't like me what if i forget my lines uh what if i don't get the part i'm gonna be really disappointed and in terms of purposes, what we understand, we call these shadow purposes. They're programming the purpose. I want to fail. I want to be rejected. I want to be disappointed. And so it's all about your mindset. So if you can just come back to that simple, when I come go to the audition, I'm going to relax, come into the present and enjoy it. Then when you get there, you're already in that mode and you're most likely to relax, come into the present and enjoy it. And that's the only way you can do a good job. And mm -hmm. that's the only way you're going to get the part, you know, by doing it. And to get over the idea that the other people, they don't want you to get the job. They really want you. The casting director wants it to be you. Sometimes if they're finding it really difficult to cast the part, like no one's right. They're really hoping, you know, when they look at your self-tape that they're going to go, yes. That's the person that we want. Yeah. Um, but like I say, you 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 know, you'd have to be a Zen master to do it perfectly. Your own things are gonna are gonna get in there to some degree. And it's just about uh doing it and not not taking it as a value judgment, success or failure, whether you've got the part or not, and to ask yourself the question next time when I approach an audition, 
what am I going to do differently? And that's how you see progress. And I suppose it's how you define success, you know, the progressive realization of a worthy goal uh, is one definition I've heard of, of what is success. And that may, might mean that you have, there's a bit of trial and error of what works and what doesn't work. And there's so many factors that are out of your control as an actor, because, you know, it might be the fact that you've got blue eyes and they've already cast the lead part and he's got brown eyes and it doesn't make sense genetically. Yeah. Sometimes you do get brothers with blue eyes, brown eyes, but it might be down to the, your skin colouring. Yeah. Well, I've, I've definitely had a lot of, I've done a lot of commercials and especially commercials, the, the way they do choose, it can be something so specific as the colour of someone's hair or you were too short, or you were too tall. It's that, you know, it's definitely not a value judgment on you as an actor. It's literally just, it can be, very fine margins which is not it's not worth worrying about too much i guess that's it and and there's an infinite variety of different characters in different plays and films um so there's got to be some parts that you're you're right for yeah uh, but it's just all you've got control of is your own level of inspiration and your own mindset um and it's not about like you mentioned adrenaline the adrenaline really that, that the adrenaline that comes you don't really want the adrenaline because the adrenaline comes when we have fear you know mm -hmm. there's a message sent for the brain when you're in a flight fight or flight uh to release the hormone of adrenaline into the system so you can either fight or or, or run away uh you don't want that that's different to inspiration to be inspired or you know as the word says in spirit and spirit is consciousness you know the word mm -hmm. spirit and the word consciousness is synonymous so you're really in consciousness you're in flow with the natural flow of consciousness um yeah. and you get that you can do that through your mind through having positive anticipation putting yourself in a state of positive anticipation is to put yourself in a state of inspiration so it's really important that the actor develops awareness to be able to see the thoughts that are getting in the way, you know, which we call the purposes to fail, to, to be rejected, et cetera. And just go, ah, that's, I'm thinking failure pictures now. Right, let's mm -hmm. take a deep breath. Let's let them go. And let's get back. Like, uh, like one of the Neville brothers, he said, I just go and play football. He doesn't play the tournament. He just plays the match. And yeah. just to focus on the job in hand, but then you've got to let it go. You know, that's the thing. You've got to let the whole thing go afterwards. You've got to wash your hands, literally. Yeah. And just step back from it and say, case sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. Well, I guess that's the good news as well, isn't it? That actors, most of the problem is stuff that they can control. And, and, and once they tune that mindset and kind of start to realise that and not worry about the things that aren't in their control, that's when things can shift, right? That's when things can really turn around. But it's good, it's good news for actors, I guess, that very often we are our own worst enemy and that is the very thing that we can control and we can change and we can do something about. That we're not completely powerless to this unfair acting system that, that favours everyone else but me, you know, as, as, as a complex that can build up in a lot of actors. Yeah, no, that's great. And in terms of doing the actually preparing for it, rather than thinking about, you know, how am I going to say this line... Very, you know, on the course, obviously, we learn uh, what we call EPOAs, event, purpose, objective, action, and we learn how to create the character's state of mind and break down that. But without wanting to be too technical, I've got four questions that you can ask that help you to serve the play. And the first question is, what's this about? And obviously, if it's you've just got a few sides for an audition. Uh, that's not quite so easy, but just get a sense of what's this about? What are the what's the the subject that's the themes that are being discussed here? Um, and that's that's really starting to think like a director, you know, is you know, actors are self-directors because often the, the director, especially on a TV sheet, they're, they're not giving you a huge amount of help as an actor. They're just assuming you can do it. You're an actor. Um, they're worrying about the coverage and getting all the shots uh, there and, and how it's going to look uh, in terms of the camera and the lighting. Um, but thinking as a, as a real director, as an actor, you're thinking about, so what are the themes here at play? That's the first question. And then the second question is, what's the function 
of my character. So what's the dramatic function? So every character in a play is there for a reason. They play a dramatic function. So understanding in the totality of the drama, what's the function that I play? Then the third question is, what qualities do I need to embody in order to fulfill this function so this play delivers its thesis, its message? Um, now you're you're designing the character from the center of the piece out. Do you see what I mean? You're serving yeah, the play. Yeah. yeah. And then the fourth question is, what do I need to think in order to embody these qualities in order to fulfill this function? So this play delivers its thesis. And that mm -hmm. makes you ask the right questions. Um and then once you've got the actual questions, that you've got a sense of that, then you're asking really in this scene, you know, it's, it's Stanislavski's five W's, uh, what we, we call it the six W's, but what do I what do I want? What's making me want it? You know, why do why do I want this? What's making me want this? What's the what we call what's the event that's behind it? So what do I want? That'd be what's the purpose here and what's the objective without getting too technical? Um what do I do to what am I doing to achieve it? That's what's my action. What am I more or less doing to achieve it? And that's you know, that's a verb, that's an action. Mm -hmm. And then where am I? That's a set of pictures. That's a set of thoughts. Um, when am I? And again, that's that's uh, the style of the time where the thing is set. And again, that's really what's that? That's again, that's pictures in the actor's head. You know, if it's set in the 60s, you've got 60s pictures. Yeah. You know, um, and where am I? You know, if we were acting a scene now and we wanted to imagine now we're not here, but actually we're in an igloo in the Antarctic and we've got this igloo and we've got a fire going sort of in the igloo and there's a little chimney where the, the heat escapes and we've got furs on the floor and then actually if we open that door outside there's just it's clear but it's freezing cold and there are we've got the dogs are out there and uh or the reindeer or whatever we've got there and if we were to look out across the vast expanse of the ice, the stars in the sky, and we start creating some atmosphere of where we are. And how do we do that? By painting with our imagination, painting the pictures. So that's what the where and the when. And if you could just apply those simple questions and just start to answer them, even if you haven't gone through the course and you've learned, you haven't learned the technical process of how to sort of program that properly and how to... Uh, get it into your being and and sort of then to let go and let flow with it just by asking the questions you'll start to create some pictures because really as an actor the the pictures the thoughts the imagination are really the meaning of the words as an actor when you're being given a script the question is is what am i going to think when i say these lines what are the thoughts behind these lines that's the would be what we could call the subtext is what am i really mm -hmm. saying behind these lines instead of asking how am i going to say these lines that's acting a result acting yeah. a process is getting the thoughts that are behind it then thinking those thoughts whilst you say the line and then you get a result that's acting a process yeah and it, it strikes me as also that if you follow the, all those questions and you get all those pictures and impressions and build all that, you, if you do that enough, then you you don't have enough space in your mind to worry about the result, to worry about the attachment and the fear that's creeping in. If the more the more you do that, the more the fear is just going to evaporate, right? Because your mind is 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 too preoccupied with all the right things. Yeah. And then when it when it becomes second nature, because you're doing it day in day out, yeah. then that's you know that's being a talented professional actor. You can do it without the fear, without you've worked all these things out. You're no longer doing it for the purpose to to be admired or to be loved by the audience, or whatever. You're you 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 you've understood that your job is to create the character, and how are you going to do that by having the purpose just to enjoy it. 
If you're interested in studying the spiritual psychology of acting for yourself, there's a free intro seminar taking place online on Wednesday 12th of April, 6.30pm to 8.30pm UK time. If you're unable to make that for any reason, don't worry, you'll have another chance on Saturday the 22nd of April. For more information or to book your place, head to the website at www.spiritualpsychologyofacting.com. You'll find the link for that website in the description of this podcast. Now, back to our conversation. So we spoke there about letting go of the edition once it's done. What is the what's the best thing to do after you've done the addition? What what's the best tools to to put into practice? Uh, I would say, you know, yes, you're absolutely right. Yes, you do have to let it go. Um, but before you let it go, it's good to do an assessment of your work. Uh, and there's, you know, as you'll know, when we're uh, when you're training on the course and we do a, a practical exercise, a group exercise. Um, there's a list of questions to ask yourself to kind of fine tune your acting. And they are, the first one is what was my purpose when I was doing this? What purpose did I have? Was it just purely to enjoy it or was I trying to prove something, you know, a a useful tool to go into the audition with is that to say to yourself, I have nothing to prove to anyone least of all myself Mm. i have nothing to prove to anyone least of all myself that kind of sets you free because there's so much of what gets in the way is the thinking that's tied up with what other people think about me you know for most actors it's really um i have everything you know i have lots to prove to everybody especially myself uh (laughs) so if you can counterbalance that with i've got nothing to prove to anyone uh least of all myself what other people think of me is none of my business because mm. you don't have control of what they think about you. Um, and then after the audition to ask yourself the question, what's my purpose? Was it to be right? Was it to act perfectly? Was it to succeed? Um, you know, like in, a, in an attached kind of a way, was it to impress? Was it to show them how special I am? Um anything that deviated from just simply the enjoyment is to have a look at that and ask yourself sincerely what was my purpose because at the end of the day it's your purposes that select all of your objects of attention so everything your every thought in your mind is there by virtue of a purpose it's once you've chosen the purpose then that it chooses all the other moment for moment objects of attention that's true for the character that's why it's important to choose the character's purpose properly but also in life uh, if we have a purpose to be admired, then we're always going to be checking that we're being admirable. We're, we're going to be thinking of ourselves from the outside and what we look like. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't create an, a true and authentic performance. Even if the character is a character who wants to be admired, they want to be admired by the other characters. They don't want to be admired by the audience because <laughs> yeah. the, char- the character doesn't have an audience. It's the actor that has the audience. So to really sincerely ask yourself, what was my purpose for doing that? And if you ask, the mind will reveal it to you. Um, another way of asking that question is, is, is when my is what was my attention like? So when my attention slipped from the context of the acting, from the character's thoughts, where did it go? And really, that's the same question, because where did it go? It went on to on one of my other purposes. Uh, so to ask it th- that way, so you can see there, you know, what percentage of your p- attention was actually in the character's thinking? If we think that good acting is being absorbed in the character's thinking, you know, that's when you get good Mm -hmm. acting. So looking at what were the actor's thoughts that were getting in the way, then the next question would be, what was the quality of my imagination? Was it in active imagination? Were we seeing things through the world of the character or was it in passive imagination? Were we thinking about how we looked? Was it free imagination? Was it able to flow with the picture's three-dimensional full of sense data and atmosphere or were they kind of flat two-dimensional forced pictures um, that we were creating for it Uh, static images rather than kinetic images Uh, then the next one I would ask myself is I would give myself a mark out of 10 for inspiration how inspired was I 
Um, and can I account for any marks less than a 10? You know, it might just be, you know, I was tired today or that I had some, you know, I wasn't really sure if I wanted to do the job or not, if I got offered it, you know. So what impeded your inspiration? And then the next question is, what was your level of absorption? If the, you know, the purpose of acting is to be absorbed in the character's thought, that's what acting is. Give yourself a mark out of 10 for absorption. How absorbed were you in it? Were you, did you feel it? You know, did, did, you, did, you, did you feel it in every particle of your being? Uh, or was it just here in your head? Uh, or not? Or, you know, you might not be feeling it at all. You just say, you realised you were just saying the lines that you'd learned. Or you were, the pictures you were seeing in your head were really the pictures of the script with with your lines in yellow highlighter pen. You know, they might have been the pictures that were there. Um, so what was the level of absorption? Looking at physical tension, where in the body am I holding actors' tensions? Because of course, you know, there's there's the actors' tensions that come from the actors' thoughts, but then there's the characters' tensions that come from the characters' thoughts. So what we really want is for the actor to have a free body, meaning free of acquired tension. And then to be able to take on the tensions, you know, like the tense shoulders or the tense jaw or whatever, or, you know, the face or whatever is, is happening from the character's thoughts. So to, to, to look at where, where your own physical tensions are. And then I would say the most important question is that if I were to do this again immediately, from what I've just learned from asking myself the preceding questions, how would I do it differently? What one thing, when I get the next self-tape, am I going to work on to improve this? And then you're going to see a steady progression in the quality of your acting. Uh, and again, if you're treating it like it's an, an acting exercise rather than an opportunity um, to be famous or an, op an opportunity to succeed or whatever like that, you're just looking at, at it for the sake of play then you're just going to get slightly better with every audition and then you're going to see growth and development in what you're doing. Um, so I think that's that's the, the the best thing to do there. And then to let go of it, well, how do you let go of anything? You know, if, if I want, I've, I've got a pen in my hand, if I wanted to let go of the pen, do I need to go for 10 years psychotherapy to learn how to let it go? Or do I actually make a choice to let it go, to just put it down and put your attention on what's in front of you and attend to the next thing, mm -hmm. you know, um, and in some ways, even to assume you haven't got the part to go, OK, that was a nice acting exercise. Let's move on to the next thing in my life. And then if you've got the part, you know, you'll soon know about it because they'll call you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they'll let you know. I've been doing that a lot recently, actually, like that notion of not getting it. It is really freeing because obviously there will still be some attachment and you do want the part. But to assume you've not got it just gives you freedom to get on with your life and to know that you've you know done the best you, you could. And if you didn't do the best you could, why not? And how can that be rectified for the next edition rather than beating yourself up about it? But also it's, it's that, that freedom that comes from getting on with your life. Like you say, you will hear about it if, if they want you if, and if you've got the part. So it's like it's, it's a kind of a win-win situation, really. Well, yeah, well, that, that's, you know, the, the cause of suffering is attachment. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's being attached that causes the suffering. So it's more, and as an actor, it's so easy to get attached. You know, so the more we can just practice that virtue, and it is work in progress, it is practice, because of course you want the part. Of course you want to be selected. Of course you want the paycheck. Of course you want all the things that come with it. Of course you just want to work. You want to get gigs. You want to work. Of course you do, but it's just how do you look after your mental health in the process? Because so many factors are out of your control mm -hmm. in terms of the casting, and it's and it can you can do a fantastic performance, but you're just not quite you know someone else just looks more like the part, looks more like they would be that actress's son than you you mm -hmm. do, you know. So there's all those things are out of your control. So uh, it's just to, to focus on your own work, really, and uh, to, tr to treat it in, in a spirit of play. That's the way to go about it. Mm -hmm. so, so what's the best then? Say that you, you've done all that, you've, you've let it all go, you've done the afterburn and you've moved on from the edition. If you do get 
you know, wind that you've not got the part. What's the best way then to deal with that rejection? What's the best way to move forward when you know it's a definite no? Um, some people do it by just pretending they're not bothered or just going, well, you know, <laughs> fuck them or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I'm writing a story around it. But I would say, you know, that, 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 that for me, that's the, a bigger question of what do you do with emotions? Because there's, um, there's naturally going to be disappointment there. And rather than, you know, tell yourself a story or uh, just find something to, you know, go down the pub and lose yourself from it or, you know, find some other activity to, to get stuck into. Um, I think it's important to process emotions to actually allow yourself to feel them and give mm -hmm. your space, yourself the space to feel the disappointment or feel the rejection or whatever, however you want to interpret it and to, to sit with it. And uh, without wanting to sound too new agey, airy fairy, but to give yourself unconditional love and acceptance in the process of feeling the emotions at the same time, you know, take some time for yourself and take some care for yourself. And once having felt it, then let it go. You know, there's two extremes you could do with the emotions. On, on one level, there's like, you know, just repress it, pretend it didn't happen, just distract yourself from it. And then on the other extreme is just totally indulge it, absorb it, and just, you know, squeeze every bit of suffering out of the whole thing. Why me? Life isn't fair or, you know, whatever, on, on the other extreme. But somewhere in the middle, there's just the healthy processing of the emotion where you, you allow it, you feel it, you give yourself care, and then, then you just let it go. And there's a lovely exercise we, we do in the class very often. It's uh, the, I call it like a cloud. And I just get the students to sit up straight. And we say, um, so imagine this isn't your flesh and blood body. It's the vapor of a cloud. And you begin to rain. You begin to precipitate. To gently release your own substance and there's this feeling of just everything just falling away and you're just letting it go and I say releasing relaxing and letting go uh, raining until all that remains is the light and presence of yourself the witness the one who watches because that's what's real you know these auditions they come and go experiences in life come and go but what remains steady and stable is your own real self which isn't your thoughts that isn't your emotions isn't this situation isn't the weather you know um isn't time it's just this being that you are and to come back to that and that's also helpful because you know you might be playing a character that's really suffering in the audition you might be playing a character who's a horrible bully or, and you don't want to take these things with you, you know, and it's to, to have this simple practice, some um, this meditative practice, which I call like a cloud is just to let it all go and return to your native self. And that way you stay free. You know, you, you don't, you don't pick these things up. You just remain integral to yourself. And the more you go into that and you connect with that essential self that isn't the thoughts, isn't the body, the more that you come to your real self, which after all is the cause of all creative work. Where do the ideas come from? Where does the inspiration come from? It comes from your deepest self. So for an actor, this is the sort of underlying work is to return to this. You know, you're not the character. You're not even the character that you think you are that you play in life. You know, the individual is made of a, um, a name, uh, a form, and an acquired nature that's happened because of the things that you've experienced, you know, in your process of evolution, the things that have happened to you. Um, and these can create layer upon layer upon layer, you know, uh, as time goes on. But having some means, some practical means and some discipline means of just letting it go 
remains that you remain fresh and you remain free. And um, if you haven't got that, then you're you haven't got anything really because that's mm. you've lost yourself. You've lost yourself in the process. So uh, at the end of the day, just let it all go. And as my 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 dear wife, um, uh, her mum used to say, uh, "What's for you won't go by you. <laughs> What's for you won't go by you." Mm-hmm. Uh, and that there's some letting go in that and some trusting because you know not every part is for you and sometimes you know you might get the part and it was a complete absolute disaster and the play was a complete flop and you were you you, you were well out of it you know I've I've come across that definitely I've where I've uh, auditioned for a part and you know rude not getting it and then seeing the film come out and it's getting awful reviews and thinking, oh, probably good that I steered clear of that one then. No, that's it. And so then you have a bit of trust in the process, you know, what's mm-hmm. for you won't go by you is a good thing. But but also, you know, there's, there's this kind of flip side to that because they always say, you know, all good things come to those who wait. Mm-hmm. You know, and there is some truth in that, that you need some patience as an actor but I've also heard it said, you know, all, all you know, good things come to those who wait, but it's usually just the leftovers of those who actually went for it. <laughs> yeah. So when you get an audition, go for it. You know, that's that's the working surface of being an actor is the your ability to audition well. Yeah. And um, I hope that you know through through the conversation that we've been having, there's some useful things that people can take away and put into practice. Thank you for listening to the Spiritual Psychology of Acting podcast. Now, next week we have a very special episode with our first guest on the podcast. Every few weeks we hope to bring you a fascinating conversation with someone who has studied the spiritual psychology of acting in the past. We have some really exciting guests already lined up, but the first one we recorded is with film and television actor Paul Blackthorne. It's a great chat with a very humorous and lovely man that you won't want to miss. But in the meantime, have a great week and we'll see you next time. Thank you to Omid16B for providing the theme music for this podcast. The track is called Love and is available on all streaming platforms. <laughs>